0: Yes, coming in hot with episode 15 of the Football Played on Paper podcast. I'm Sean and I'm joined by a man who has never left this pod for a bathroom break ever before, Jobber. <laughs> no, anyway.
1: no I'm, I'm great. Another, another massive week. Um, I'm just finishing off a lovely can of Carabao now. After enjoying the cup all week, um, but no, you <laughs> haven't,
0: haven't slept well then, have
1: you? <laughs> I haven't slept in about eight weeks, but it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> keeps me on edge. But it was a, it was a, it was an interesting week to say the least. And um, your your idol Frank Lampard and the special mm. one exchanged some heated words this week as Jose got one over the lucky one Frank Lampard. And I was thinking, could this be the start of the next great managerial feud? Or is Roman going to get Trigger happy and uh, do away with Frank? So I was thinking, if this is the start of the best managerial feud that we know, what's the best one you've ever seen in the past?
0: Well, firstly, I hope this really is the sign of um, things to come between these two because it's just a great story that um, Mourinho used to be the gaffer of Frank and really adored Frank and Frank really adored him. There's pictures of... um, John Terry and Frank crying when when they hear that Jose is moving on to to Inter after his first spell there. So yeah, um, I really hope this is something um, something special on the way to come. But my favourite jewel over the journey um, does have one of these men in it, and that is Jose Mourinho. So it's it's Mourinho versus Wenger, um, and it was also it was compounded by the fact that Mourinho was at Chelsea and Wenger was at Arsenal. So you had that um, London rivalry there and all the derbies. But one game in particular really set it off it was back in 2014 at Stanford Bridge, that famous scuffle where um, where a skinny and almost dead-looking um, Asim Wenger um, comes up to Mourinho. And this is where Mourinho looked like rather dapper. with his He wasn't like full white hair. He was like a bit of a silver fox type thing. And Wenger um, walks up to him and Wenger looks like he's wearing his dad's suit. So, it looks like just way too big and he's got this skinny little frame in there and they, they walk up to each other and um, to be fair Mourinho he's in he's in his box, is outside his um, little technical area and he comes up and then Mourinho pushes him and then like slings his tie and this tie like sort of whips up and comes and slaps him in the face um, followed by um, and then I think Chelsea got the points on that day and then um, it's followed by Mourinho just calling him a, a specialist in failure um, about Banger, so he always goes close but never actually wins anything where Mourinho he's like <laughs> Me myself, I win things. He's a specialist in failure, so I went on for a while. Um, and yeah, I really look forward to those games. So that's probably the pick for me. What have you got for? us? No doubt you've gone to um your grandfather, and <laughs> Ferguson for, a, for
1: a Jose Jose's good for a few, isn't he? I'll never forget the um the eye gouge from his assistant on the bench. <laughs>
0: At uh, that was at, um, at Real Madrid, yeah, and Barca, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, precious memories. Yeah, look, no, I have. I had to go back to the King, uh, the greatest manager in history, um, and some French twat. So it was Alex Ferguson and um, the highly underrated, probably Arsene Wenger. So yeah, this went on for the best part of twenty years. Um, but if I was to narrow in on a couple of incidents when when Wenger first came to the country, um, you know, people were very welcoming of him, not Fergie. Um, Fergie said, um, "Was he goes, oh, they say he's an intelligent man, right? Speaks five languages. I've got a 15-year-old boy from the Ivory Coast who speaks five languages. (laughs) (laughs) And then just uh, soon after... Wenger was complaining about the schedule and said, it's wrong the league program is extended for United and keep the rest up and win everything. Fergie was quick to retort, uh, telling reporters he's a novice. He should keep his opinions to Japanese football. (laughs) But for me, it all culminated in Pizzagate. Uh, Yeah,
0: classic Pizzagate.
1: The feud went on for some time and they were were having a bit of a a tussle in the dugout and words were exchanged. And then a player decided it was appropriate to... (laughs) lob a piece of pizza at Fergie. And the best part about this was several years later, ses um, Fabregas was found to be the culprit on some sort of British game show. And when he was like, they asked him, did you throw the pizza? And he was like, it was me. And the relief that came across his face was just priceless.
0: Yeah, I love this video and I love Seth's face in it. Like, you could tell <laughs> that he'd been hauling it in for years and he finally gets to reveal that he was a guy who threw the pizza pizza at him. Best <laughs> so yeah.
1: thing Fabregast ever did. So, look, it has been a massive week and there's a couple of things I think we need to touch on before we hit the, the flavour of the pod. So, Eric Dyer, so man of the match, gets up and takes the first penalty. He's become a real Spurs fan favourite. But I think the talking point was uh, he had to run off the pitch to go to the toilet. Did you see this?
0: Yeah, I saw this. So he, he um, They're one, one up at this point, aren't they? Uh,
1: they are, yeah, I think, yeah, and they're
0: coasting. Yeah. They're one up and coasting and then he goes off to go to the boys' room um, and he's gone for too long, isn't he, for Jose's liking. Jose runs down the tunnel and says, or I presume he says, hurry up, Eric, get back out on the pitch. We're actually playing a professional football match here. But um, my question to you is, will that – and does that help Eric move faster to get back on out on the pitch, or will Eric just get a bit of stage fright where he's got Jose out out in front of the cubicle knocking on the door? Does that uh, hurt or help.
1: Well, I think I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think any sort of guidance you can get from Jose's help with things, but I don't know if you've ever had like tacos or like an Indian dish <laughs> the day before football. It doesn't sit well, and it does it does tend to bog you down a little bit. But um, Jose was quizzed on the incident after. And they're like, "Why did you follow Eric Dyer into the bathroom?" And Jose quickly replied, "I wanted to make sure he washed his hands."
0: You got to in this COVID environment, you got to.
1: <laughs> yeah, and look, the other big incident was um, Kloppo and Roy Keane exchanged a few yeah. words after the uh, Liverpool Arsenal game. So Keane said they were a bit sloppy, and uh, Klopp called him out. So I don't know; it's it's, it's inappropriate.
0: Oh, it was appropriate from Klopp to do it because um, they did come off a good win or against an Arsenal team that was relatively in form. I think Arsenal' performance has been quite good recently. And I was surprised about how much of a coward Roy Keane was. To um, He clearly said that they were sloppy. Then when Klopp quizzed him about it, Roy Keane just went back into his shell and said, Oh no 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 no! I didn't say it. Didn't say it. Didn't say it. And sort of cowered away. And then Klopp went on to say how great they were, and there was nothing sloppy about the performance at all. So yeah, disappointing. Yeah, interesting exchange there.
1: Disappointing from Keno. He should have got up and knocked those false teeth right out of Kloppo's mouth like that. <laughs> got out of character from Keno. Yeah, it is. This. I think maybe That's he's rough. building. It. He's maybe he's building something. Maybe cheating will cheat him later in the season. Um, mm. Look, and the last one is this is my favourite one of the week. So uh, Sports Five will put a post up on um, Twitter and it was Klopp waiting for Roy Keane outside of the Monday Night Football Studio. So then John Terry actually left a comment with three laughing emojis, and then some clever young chap replied, who's Mrs. next, lad, <laughs> to John Terry. And John John Terry, the Aston Villa assistant coach, replied, not yours, <laughs> not yours, and a pig emoji next to it. Yeah. <laughs> Classic for John.
0: That's clever from John, but my question to John is, did he dive in and look at that guy's profile to then make that comment or did he just rattle it off the top? You know he sure.
1: didn't have a look. You know yeah, John. he would have <laughs> yeah, he
0: I know John well enough. <laughs> if she better have so- slipped
1: in the inbox too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, flavor of the prod, pod, we are going to um, preview match day four, big week of games, full fixture list coming off the Carabao Cup, then we're into transfer chat then on to mailbag, and then to Colos multi. So this is, as we said, this is Colos' um, last warning. So he needs to show us something. He needs to either get us over the line with this multi, and he's really thrown a, a spanner in the works in this last one too. So he needs to show us something or get it done. Otherwise, we have to might have to move on and change change the whole segment, um, which uh, we built built the whole jingle and everything around him. So it might be tough to do. But let's dive into match day four you got to start with the first game, I suppose. Um, Chelsea and Palace. Thoughts on this one, mate? And we're back. Yeah, oh, we're back. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on Chelsea and um, Palace?
1: So, this is a big one. Um, so, we've got the best side in London and Chelsea. So, yeah. Um, this fixture has actually never been a draw in the Premier League, would you believe? And I That's can't. Amazing
0: stat because both teams have been around for a while.
1: I have as long as Roy Hodgson. Um, so look, this is this is a bit of a bit of a. I think it's a bit. It's a bigger game than it looks. I think Palace are flying, and Chelsea have got some problems at the back, and I think that um, Palace are going to be pretty comfortable with letting Chelsea have the ball and hit them on the counter. And I don't know if Chelsea's back four can handle that. What do you think?
0: Yeah, for me, it's more of which Chelsea shows up and for what portion of the game. So we've seen just Chelsea performances be rather blistering and then some Chelsea performances be, you know, rather flat and and underwhelming. And then not only that over games, but inside halves, like the West Brom game, for example, where, you know, Chelsea were well off the pace for the first half, but then, yeah, sort of got their shit together um, in the second half. So, yeah, for me, it's about what Chelsea shows up for the whole game, and you know, what do they have a, a lull for 30 minutes or a half, or do they take 10 minutes off at the end of the crew? So, yeah, for me, it's about which Chelsea shows up, and to drive that is probably um, Frank working out which is his best team. So, Tammy Abraham's been starting getting a lot of minutes, so does he go with sort of Tammy? um you know Pulisic on one side werner on the other and mount him behind or <clears throat> Ertz in behind werner up top and um and then mount him behind uh, or on the wing like he's got so many options there so yeah for me it's about which chelsea shows up and what frank wants to roll out but w- what do you think their best sort of combo is up front or is frank still working that out
1: i think frank's still working that out I think he's got he's got all the tools there, doesn't he? Like um Havertz, Werner, Mount, Hudson Adoy, Giroud, Abraham. Like there's a wealth of options. Um, I, but I don't think he's figured out how that exactly balances out yet. Oh, hakims H as well.
0: He was injured at the moment, so he won't be involved. But, yeah, it just complicates things. I think even if Frank does settle on the front four, then when, um, yeah, um, Hakim is ready to go, that just complicates it again. So is this a six-pointer, six versus nine? Oh, Is this wow. a six-pointer, yes or no?
1: Jeez, that's a big call early. Uh, no, I don't think so yet. I think this is just a good chance for Palace to keep the good times coming. Um, and I do think they are set up for these types of games very well. I think Wolf Zaha is going to have an absolute field day against this Chelsea back four. I'm going to tip. I'm going to tip Palace to win this game and Wolf Zaha to score the opener.
0: Yeah, I think Palace will will continue their their good form. I'm not sure um, if they've got too much to lose. This kind of feels like a free hit for Palace, I I think. I think if you're looking um, inside London, outside of Fulham, they're probably the the next um, weakest there. And um, Chelsea just have completely different ambitions to Palace. But I think Palace's front three in um, that easy and um, IU and uh, Zaha just look so sharp and and ready to play. Um, So that'll be interesting coming up against um, Chelsea's back four. And the real question is, <clears throat> similar to up top. What did Chelsea do in there in terms of their back four? I think the only position that's really locked down in their back four is James at right back. But I mean, from there, you've got um, Silva, um, Rudiger, um, Christensen to pick between the the middle um and, and Zuma as as well, I suppose well at centre back. And then this week which is going to complicate things again, is Alonso had been starting, but Ben Chilwell played during the week in the Carabao. So, you know, he's obviously fit and ready to go. If you can fit two games in, does he start? So, yeah, I think a settled and confident Palace front three and just a a lot of um, selection problems for Frank in their back four um, and some patchy form back there could spell problems. So I'm probably going to tip a draw or Chelsea's class, um, in one, in an individual piece of Bruins to get it done. There's my yeah. tip.
1: So our correction there, so none of the last 18 Premier League meetings between Chelsea and Palace have been a draw. So it has happened, but it just hasn't happened in a very long time. So next one. This is a crappy game as time, well. Yeah. Everton versus Brighton. So Everton's undefeated. Can you believe that? So no one in Liverpool has tasted defeat yet this season. And Brighton are coming off a shellacking in the Carabao Cup. Um, And they had a reasonable performance last week in the Premier League. But what do you think about this one?
0: Yeah, so if Everton win, they go top. Can they continue their good form? Not only have they been picking up points, but they've um, also been playing rather well and the performances have been strong. As you say, Brighton got battered against Man U 3-0. Um they looked a bit out of sorts and even Brighton's performances in the first couple of games have been a bit patchy as well. So I just I think Everton will be um sort of too solid and, and too comfortable for them and will push past Brighton. Um and I think this will be rather comfortable for Everton. What, what do you think?
1: Um I don't know. I think there's been I think there's been a lot to like about Brighton. Like that obviously that were like they hit the post, what, five times on the weekend, so that was pretty unlucky. I thought they were pretty good against Chelsea too, um, but without luck, I think Chelsea were just too good in the end. I don't think the golfing class is as much this week. Everton are playing well, but I think there's a lot to like about the way Brighton are going about their football. Um, Everton have a really good record against Brighton, so they've won all their three Premier League home meetings with them, and they've only conceded one. And they are flying. And Dominic Calvin Lewin just seems like every time he gets in the 18-yard box, he's scoring. He's absolutely
0: flying. Um, Yeah, he looks good at the moment. I've dropped Werner and brought in Dominic Calvin Lewin in my fantasy team because, um, yeah, the goals keep flowing in. But, yeah, I I probably agree with your point where Brighton have been good and look good in patches, but that's just it, patchy. So their their downturns are too far down Um, and their upticks, they sort of punch well above their weight. But I think... Everton are just too consistent and too ready to go for them, so I think that's why Everton will get it done.
1: Yeah, that's it. Could be seeing the uh, Evertonians top Saturday night. That's crazy At least to think for a about. Day. Carlo, what what are you doing? Unbelievable job. Um, so the next one off the rank is Leeds United versus Manchester City. Bielsa versus Pep, the master versus the apprentice, the real deal versus the bald fraud. So many narratives in this game, isn't there? What, what do you think?
0: Yeah, this this is interesting. This will be, um, if you're a um, tactical seed like yourself, mate, um, this is the game to watch for the weekend. Um, two big brains um, in football going against each other. But I really do fear fear for Leeds. I think every time Man City cop a beating um, or, sorry, every time Man City lose, the next week, the f- that team that they play um, normally copper beating. And last week, Man City got absolutely pants by those Foxes. So I, that hence I really fear for Leeds. I think Man City um, are really going to come out strongly against them and get it done early and potentially be, just be too much for Leeds in terms of class and, and pace Um yeah, so Man City coming off a loss is not who you want to be playing. But um, Ruben Diaz, is he going to play this weekend? Is he going to start this weekend or is it too soon?
1: Uh, no, I don't think he will start this week. I think he's bench? he only played. Yeah, I think he'll be on the bench. I think he'll get some minutes towards the end. But I suppose what's Pep going to do with that defense? Like, you're not starting John Stones. You haven't fallen that far yet, have they?
0: The the i saw a little um meme and it, it sort of ran through what they'd been spending in the last couple of years on defenders and yeah the number was like 410 million it was it was disgusting and so if you spent 410 million um yeah you've got some real problems back there and centre it back i think
1: i'm telling you but, I've, it's 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 a problem with the team not the defense yeah, ever that.
0: since you, ever since you said that, uh, I've I've <laughs> probably sort of come around to that realization that, as I said last week, it didn't really matter who who you got in there. Um, you're going to be in trouble.
1: Yeah, I think I think they could really do a number on Leeds this week, but but they did they did go through the Caribbean Cup relatively comfortable. Um, disappointingly, there was no minutes for Liam Delap, son of the great Rory, for for you football purists out there. Um, and Liam, I don't think Liam possesses that deadly long throw, so that won't be a factor this week. But I think City's just going to have way too much for, for Leeds United. Um, it'll be good to see him like take the shackles off. They're they're so good. Like when they, like when they take teams apart like that, they're so good to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, so I've just tracked down that stat. So um, since 2016, Man City have spent 410 million pound. On defenders, John Stones at 50, Mendy at 52, Laporte at 59, Walker at 48, um, Danilo at 27, um, Yao Concello at 59, Angelino at 11, Ake 41, and Ruben Diaz at 62 million.
1: Sounds cheap, doesn't it? Scary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't be bad, if the, bloody, wouldn't be bad if, the, um, if the board had back him? Don't want to like, throw some money at that defense. Um, <laughs> no, nah, oh, look, I
0: think... Yeah, I was going to say, if you spend that type of money, you want a better defense than than what they've got or at least a better, um, you know, less goals conceded and some more clean sheets. But I think they'll be too strong for Leeds. I think this is one where um, Leeds have a bit of a free hit. Um, It'll be interesting to see how Bielsa and Pep line up. But I think just the class in players will be too much. The gap will be too big for Leeds to to bridge. Um, And Man City will get this done with um, multiple goals.
1: All right, that'll be good. So next one's going to be an absolute cracker as well. Is it? Newcastle United versus Burnley. Obviously, this is the one that everyone's looking forward to, and I think you'll find this is actually at a really good time um, for the Australian viewers. That's so, 6 a.m. Sunday morning. So if you get up, you can feed the kids, feed the dogs, do what you got to do and then 6 a.m. You
0: don't have any of those, so how's that relatable?
1: I haven't got food, kids, or dogs. Um, I'm in <laughs> Melbourne. So, no, look, 6 a.m. Sunday morning, so you can catch Brucey's army up against Daishi's boys. Who do you like in this one?
0: I like Newcastle in this one. I think um, some of their performance have been much better. Um, you've got here in the running order that Burnley need reinforcements and I completely agree with that. We spoke about last on last week's pod about how Doshi said that he has money for balls and cones and bibs and no players. So I think, yeah, Newcastle are going to be too strong for them. I think this is one of the games, if you're a Newcastle fan, that you're really looking for them to win. Um, and get maximum points out of, you need to be beating these teams if you don't want to be in a relegation scrap and you want to be spoken about in that sort of lower mid-table spot. This is the type of games that they need to win. So, you know, fast forward to sort of round um, 28 and 29 where you don't want to be in a scrap at that point. And if they don't want to be, these are the games they've got to win. So Newcastle for me, what have you got?
1: Yeah, I think Newcastle are going to win. Burnley are, Burnley are down, 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 down. So they are sitting 18th, two losses from two, two goals forward. I, I am worried about them already. Um, Newcastle have scored with all three of their shots on target. So you know Joel Linton and co. are deadly. Um, mm. So they've scored uh, netting uh, against both West Ham and Tottenham um, and failing to register a shot against Brighton. So, look, they are deadly if they get close. Um, but they are also deadly boring. I think this one will be a very stale one, but I think Newcastle are going to come away with it, but probably like a 1-0, and I don't think Jollyton's going to score, sadly, either.
0: Yeah, don't expect goals in this one. Uh, All right, so then we're on to Sunday night. So we've got the Foxes versus the Hammers. What have you got going on in this game? What can you see happening?
1: So that's an enticing type of fixture, isn't it? That's the way that sounds. Um, look, I think this is a good game. This will be this is a nice early kickoff as well, so get excited about that, people. So this is a Sunday night classic. Um, I think this one could be potentially the match of the round. Um, both sides are coming off convincing wins. Well, convincing and surprising, I think, for both of them. Leicester City, no one expected them to smack Manchester City the way they did. And absolutely no one could have predicted West Ham going out and battering Wolves. Um, So Fox is the top of the league, and West Ham have seemed to have recovered a bit of mojo. Um, I think Leicester's going to be too good for them. But I think West Ham, if they can keep that form going from Wolves, I think it's going to be closer than people might anticipate. What do you reckon?
0: Just a bit surprising to see which West Ham team actually rolls out. Like you see the results last week, but then you wind it back to a couple of those other performances and again, especially against Newcastle, it's a bit puzzling. So, yeah, it's it, I'll be looking forward to see which West Ham team comes out. But I think Leicester win this game and go back on top of the Premier League at that point in time and will overtake um, the Evertonians there to get their, their top their top spot back. So I think, yeah, Leicester will be too strong. Um, and I think they'll do a real number on West Ham here. I'm predicting a bit of a drumming of, of West Ham. Um, I think the Foxes will be too slick, too fast in the front third. And Leicester just keep getting better um, in terms of their um, injuries that they've got to come back. So Madison come off the bench last week and scored an absolute worldie. And I'm expecting him to start this week. Um, and he really improves Leicester's team and really gives them some class and a bit of polish in that front third, which they otherwise don't have. They're a bit sort of pacey and a bit raw without him. Whereas Madison, he, he offers a little bit of class and a bit of, um, you know, that final passing or that that bit of um, technique and, and um, controlling the pace of the game that some of their players just don't have. Um, so yeah, he gives them another dimension. So I think Leicester will be too good and will get the job done. The other question on this game is: Will Jamie Vardy start? Hurt his hip last week, um, just scoring goals basically. So, right (laughs) hip is a bit sore from banging all those goals in against um, um, the. So yeah, um, he did. He did come off a bit early. So interesting to see if if he starts. I think even if he's close to full fitness, he, he'll start and um, want to fill his boots in against um, West Ham. You've, just, but, yeah. you've
1: given us a you've given us a bloody Pride and Prejudice about Leicester City without mentioning that David Moyes still has COVID. So is there any chance Stuart Pearce brings himself on in David Moyes' absence,
0: just to shore up uh, yeah. that back four? Oh right, yeah, we'll just. But um, I think you might see Psycho waving Cresswell off and, and putting himself on. So you might see the board come up with um three off and thirteen on. <laughs> I'd Psycho love to see raffing around. I presume he comes back on with that head bandage that he had. Remember that time he played in England He <laughs> yeah. his head and he was bleeding all down the white shirt. Classic pictures there. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping to see him sub himself on. As everyone knows, we're huge fans of player managers on this. So Psycho, get yourself on. Moisy, stay home in bed.
1: So, Brendy top of the league by Sunday night. So, let's move oh, on yeah. to Southampton versus West Brom. 15th versus 17th, and West Brom have already conceded 11. They picked up a point against Chelsea, but outside of that, they have looked pretty bloody average. What do you think about this one?
0: It's newsfest of the round, this one, isn't it?
1: No, nah, Newcastle, nah, nah, Newcastle Burnley is going to be so shit. This will it's be
0: first good. This one. Danny, nah, yeah, Danny Ings
1: is going to take the absolute piss out of that West Brom back line. They are terrible. Um, so I think, I think there's going to be goals in this one based on how badly West Brom defend. They've already conceded yeah. 11.
0: 11 goals. Yeah, I think um, West Brom stay bottom or close to with, with this one. They'll go beaten by Southampton. Um, Ingsey will be on the score sheet. West Brom won't score. They're the two locks for this one. Yeah, let's not spend too much time on this. Um, Southampton to get it done against West Brom.
1: Danny Ings to tuck one away too if you're a same-game multi-man. So, Arsenal versus Sheffield United. Arsenal need to bounce back. They were well outplayed against Liverpool, or if you listen to Roy Keane, Liverpool were quite sloppy. Um, I know you subscribe to that theory. Sheffield United are 19th and are yet to score a goal. They're the only team in the division who haven't scored yet. What do you think about this one?
0: Arsenal will do them rather easily here, I think. Um, this is at Arsenal. Sheffield um, United just looked terrible. Um, and I think Arsenal will get it done easy. I think Aubameyang's ready to, to fill his boots. I, although they lost against um, Liverpool, I thought they were – they just showed signs that they were you know, not too um, inferior to Liverpool. I, I think you could obviously see the golfing class. But, um, yeah, I think that Arsenal are okay and ready to step into that second tier of um, of teams probably just outside the, the top four. So, yeah, I see Arsenal getting it done here and I see Sheffield United struggling not only for, for goals but to, to keep them out as well. So, I think Arsenal can push forward feeling rather comfortable about the danger that um, Sheffield United propose. What do you think?
1: Um, yeah, you think Ozil's any chance of a start?
0: No, I don't. No, uh, me either.
1: No, <laughs> I think he's counting the days on his 350 grand a week. Um, yeah, I think Arsenal are going to be... Well, too good for them. Sheffield United seem to be dealing with a crisis of confidence too, um, which would come from inability to hit the back of the net. I think they're in a bit of strife right now, Sheffield United, and Chris Wilder needs to do something about it. Um, I, I like. I didn't think. I think it was quite obvious for everyone to see that Liverpool were better than Arsenal, but I don't think Arsenal were disgraced in any way. No. Um, and no. I think I think Arteta seems to be a pretty savvy operator. So I reckon they can bounce back. Pretty quickly from this, um, and they are fifth. And if results go their way, they could be back in the top four by the end of the weekend. Um, so yeah, I think I think they'll get this one done pretty comfortably. And I'm actually fairly excited to see what that attack can do under Arteta as well. Um, I think you're getting this, you're starting to see a little bit more flair. Like with obviously he's focusing on the pragmatism and sorting that defense out first. But I think we're going to we're going to see more and more from them as the season goes on. I think.
0: Yeah, this is the type of game that Arsenal fans have been begging their team to just go out and just win 3-0 and move on. So as we've seen in the last couple of years, they sort of like have a good showing against that top half of the table and then just oddly get beaten by one of these teams that are down the the other end of the table, which really costs them um, well, as they're chasing sort of Champions League football, Europa League football. So yeah, I think if Arsenal are the real deal and have turned a corner with Arteta, this is the type of game that they should be, you know, sort of banging them away 3-0 and moving on rather f- swiftly.
1: Okay, and just a bit of a stat attack for you on that one. So, Sheffield United Get are in. unbeaten in their last nine league games in London and Arsenal haven't beaten Sheffield United since 2006.
0: Oh, that's a bit shocking, isn't it? 2006.
1: They've only played three times, so I've really stretched that one out. Just really? I've, got, about, I've got a, like I've got a narrative. Got
0: Premier league for a while, though.
1: Uh, in and out, in and out.
0: Yeah, okay,
1: so, okay. Um, yeah. So, look, I've got a bit of narrative there I want to play, so I just picked the stats that suited that. So, moving on to Wolves versus Fulham. So, what is going on with Wolves? They're sitting 16th and they were hammered by West Ham. But yeah, they should be on that, the back this week, shouldn't
0: they? That was a weird result, wasn't it? That, that was obviously the weirdest result of last week. And um, I think Wolves, similar to other teams, are just a bit up and down just with this – you know, dodgy preparation for the season and dodgy preseason that they've had in real limited time. I think they're just suffering from sort of settling their squad. Jota moving out um, onto Liverpool has, um, yeah, just thrown them off a little bit as well. I think, and they've they bought a few players in, so a fair bit of rotation in their squad. That combined with the um, shorter preseason, and that's why you're seeing these up and down performances. I think. Mm, so, what Wolves? Uh, what are they? Sixteenth. Which is a bit shocking, isn't it? Reading that, that? Is very um, shocking, but yeah. having said that, Fulham are absolutely rubbish, and together with West Brom, they will be going down. And I think Wolves will get their shit together and get it done against Fulham. Fulham's just defense is just too too leaky, and I think Wolves have too much flavor for them in that front third. What do you think?
1: Yeah, so Fulham tried to sign a centre back called Marlon. Um, a week ago, and he actually failed his medical. Um, so that's the sort of people that they're looking at to try and fix these defensive worries. They've conceded 10 goals already, three games in, winless. They haven't really looked like winning either um, or sort of even competing. So I think Fulham are in big trouble. I think Wolves, good chance to um, sort of get some confidence back. They started with Neto, Jimenez and Adama last week against West Ham. Um and it was, I think it's quite obvious they're missing Jota. I think people think, like, Adama's a bit of an excitement machine, but he's not as good a footballer as Jota. And I think they do miss what he brings to the team a little bit. So I think there might be a little bit of reshuffling going on just to get that balance back. Um, but, yeah, I think they should have way too much quality for Fulham. Oh, yeah,
0: sorry. Joshua on the other hand slotting right into Liverpool and getting his goal last week. So
1: yeah, nice little handball in there too. But look, yeah, oh. I think Wolves will. Um, <laughs> I think Wolves will take this one fairly comfortably um, and just get back in the winner's circles.
0: All right, let's move on to match of the week, the Jose Derby, Man United versus Spurs. Jose versus Oli. What's going to happen here?
1: So this is this is the match of the weekend. So. Um, Obviously, Spurs have been struck an injury problem this week, so Sun is out. That hurts. Um, Gareth Bale still won't be fit for another month, or maybe never again. Um, so I, I wonder, is Alex Morgan a chance to make the bench?
0: Well, I, I don't think so, based on the depth of um, Spurs. No. Do you think so?
1: No, I don't think so. Troy Parrott's out alone. Sun's injured. Bale's injured. They need a striker. D-
0: Alex he hasn't he not been named Delia. in the squad. The last oh, four Alex, games? Yeah.
1: Alex Morgan's gonna make the side before Deli Ali makes the side. Um, yeah,
0: okay.
1: so no, look, I think um I think this is going to be a fairly dour affair because I think um Ollie is afraid of losing to Jose. And Jose is renowned for his shithousery in big games. So I think this one could be fairly dour. I think the, the lead up's gonna be great and the intensity will be great, but I don't think this will be one for the purist. What do you reckon?
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, I think Spurs, depending on what sort of team they want to roll out with at this game, I'd imagine they'd go full strength. Um, Jose did say that they were going to concentrate after the um, Carabao game. They did. He did say they were going to focus on the um, Europa League um, and play his strongest team in that. So, I think he might wait to see them get through that um, and then sort of work out who um, he wants to start in, in this game. So, I I think in terms of team news, you should probably hold off on, on that until they get through that game to see who they're really going to roll out. But, yeah, he, I mean, he's got a big squad, but he, I said last week that they, they were playing four games in 10 days and now they've got three games in seven days coming up. So, yeah, another tough run. Um, a good confidence booster um, in beating Chelsea um, in penalties in the Carabao. So, yeah, I think Spurs might be rather bubbly and I think I'm going to, Go for a draw in this one, but a score draw based on both teams' defences. Really?
1: You so, you know what Alex Ferguson said about Tottenham? Um, so, he it's gave a famous he, yeah, he just gave a famous speech, lads, it's Tottenham. And um, I put out and scored five in the second half. Um, so, look, I don't think we'll lose to Spurs. I don't think Spurs are good enough. Um, I think Manchester United need to bounce back, but, and I'd be interesting, interested to see what Ollie does because it's quite apparent in the first two weeks that things aren't working. So, will Donny start?
0: Uh, he started in the Carabao, which was just a couple of days ago, which I don't think um, means that he... Won't be ready to play um, this week, but I think he only needs to change something. So I don't see why he wouldn't try and start Donny. Donnie played okay in the Carabao, um, but he w- didn't wasn't you know tearing it up. So whether or not he's he's fully fit. Might be one thing, or he's sharp enough to to play in the prem just yet. But yeah, I think why not try and start him? I think if you're Ollie, what you need is a performance out of your team. Um, I think that's really important. So far, they've um, played a couple of games, and the performances have been really subpar. But even though they've eked out some points, and and some say got a bit lucky with some penalty calls to to get those points out. But who says just says that? Lucky? Who says that, everyone? Um. But yeah, just lacking in a performance. So I think if you're Ollie, what you're looking for is a really big performance and a good showing. Um, for Manchester United and I don't think the result um as long as they don't get beaten so whether they get a draw or a win I think the performance is is the almost the most important thing just for this game
1: All right I've got United to win this one 3-1 um and Marcus 1-1. Rashford Marcus Rashford to score so mm-hmm.
0: Still, Okay so we move on to Villa versus West Ham No we move on to Villa versus Liverpool sorry
1: So this is an interesting move. So we've gone surprisingly up the table for this one. So Manchester United and Spurs. Manchester United 14th. Spurs sitting pretty in eighth. Aston Villa are fourth. And they're the only team in the division to not concede a goal. Did you think we'd be saying that about Aston Villa three weeks in? And are they any chance with Ross Barkley on board to beat Liverpool?
0: I think... I'm not surprised that they haven't conceded, considering John Terry's there. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Sounds like John's busy, but I get what you're saying. Um, yeah, no goals conceded for Villa in two games. Isn't that great? Yeah,
0: well, that that's a trickier, isn't it? So or, most other teams have played three; they've only played two. So there you go. There's one less game to to do it in. So yeah, I mean, it's good it's good start and a nice little. I was expecting Villa to be um, a bit of a struggler this year, but so far it looks like that they're doing okay. Um, but I think they'll be absolutely buzzing if they get anything out of this game. Liverpool just look too put together and too ready. Um, They look like they've sort of hit the ground running, whereas some of these other teams have sort of got a stuttery start, as I have already mentioned, but Liverpool look like they're ready to go, and I think they'll do Villa rather simply here and could potentially even rotate some players in this game, I think. What what do you think? Think Villa's the chance of um, nicking something from here or um, Liverpool just um, steamroll them?
1: I think Liverpool are going to absolutely steamroll. Liverpool are looking irrepressible early, aren't they? It's quite scary for the rest of the Premier League. Um, they're, just, they're just so sharp already. And they haven't missed a beat. So I think Villa's in trouble here. Um, I think that this could be one of those three or four or five scenarios. Um, Villa's really gonna come, that bad? Yeah, I think Villa's going to come crashing back to earth pretty quickly. Um, just Liverpool just looks so sharp. Like, Mane was... Amazing last week. He seems to have gotten faster. Um, and the, I think their movement and their intensity is just going to be too much for Villa. Um, I think that I think that goal difference could be flipped on its head by the end of the weekend. Um, Ross Barkley coming in is a nice little signing for Villa, but I don't think it will be enough against Liverpool.
0: Yeah. Mings is in for a big game this week, I think. So he'll be rather busy.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a big man. Yeah. Um, all right, so that's right. that. So Liverpool, Liverpool will be top of the league by the end of the weekend. You think?
0: No, I think the Foxes will be top of the league again um, after they, um, yeah, continue their great form. So Foxes on top by the end of the week. We're moving on to transfer chat, though, aren't we?
1: Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> That second one, A little
0: patience,
1: me. I, I, I tend to have like a, a minor panic, but look, it's been a massive week in the transfer chat, and you're right, dollars are exchanging hands or Great British pound if you're moving into this post Brexit world. So, Ross Barkley has gone to Aston Villa on loan. What do you think of Ross making the move finally?
0: What do you mean finally? I I was um I thought he was doing okay at. At Chelsea, I just think all the signings that Chelsea brought in, Ross needed to move on. I think this is a great move for Ross to get some game time with the Eurosh on their way. And I think it's a great move for Villa as well to bring someone in and give Jack some help and give them some creativity um, in that sort of 8-10 spot. So, yeah, I think a win for Roscoe and a win for Villa here. What do you think?
1: Yeah, love it. Um, it's good to see Ross Barkley go into a team where he's going to play every week. Um, he, for some reason, in my head, Ross Barkley is one of those players that always seems like a young talent, but now he's 26. Um,
0: yeah. He seems it's time been around. for the potential to move aside in, in and yeah. the reality coming. Yeah,
1: yeah and he, like, he did okay, Chelsea. I think he did well to sort of stay and fight for as long as he did, but um, I'd love to see him produce for a bit. Um, I think him and Jack Grealish will become best friends. Um, so that's just well, a little side notion.
0: Did you, did you see them um, hug and um, embrace each other when he first I came did. into
1: the club? I did, yeah. And yeah. that fit with that fit with what I was thinking. I was like, these two blokes look like they'd be really good friends. Um, and let's hope that Absolute relationship...
0: lads. Two, yeah. those two that,
1: that's hope that relationship blossoms so look um barclays former former club everton have uh, made a 26 million pound bid for norwich center back ben godfrey so the recently relegated norwich center back ben godfrey just confirming they're buying a center back who was relegated from the premier league for 26 million what do you think of this one
0: well the first thing that comes to mind is that do Everton have an endless bag of cash all of a sudden that they've just found because they are notorious for not spending a lot of money if you wind yourself back sort of two, three years. And then recently, they've just been really lashing out. So, I think they they obviously need a centre-back um, to, to come in and Benny Godfrey, a good English boy, um, and what they've offered here is um, $20 million plus six in add-ons if um, things go to plan. So, yeah, I, I think it's a good move. Um, I think if you're Norwich, you get a, a nice chunk of change. Um, and I think if you're Everton, yeah, you get a, a half-decent centre-back. But um, you're always going to need inside the Prem. And considering the the run that they've got um, coming up, I think it's a, it's a wise move. What do you think?
1: Yeah, look, 22 years old. Granted, Norwich's defence was no good last year, but he's only 22. Now he's got some Premier League experience. There's a lot of upside for this. Um, I, think he's, I, I don't see why he couldn't come straight in the
0: side like I
1: think Yurimane really? is, yeah, yeah. is a bit of a he's fairly up and down Um Keen. yeah Keane I've never been sold mm. on Kane. Um so like I think he comes straight in and starts I think there's a lot of upside and playing under someone like Carlo there's obviously a lot of appeal for him so I think mm. if they can get this over the line I think it's good for all parties
0: alright so what about um, Leverkusen they're floating around Arsenal's um, Kolasinac aren't they what do you think of this move
1: so he's a, he's a hero in my eyes um, after that video where he hit that bloke with the motorbike helmet. Yeah. But I can't blame him for wanting to get out of the country after that. Um, yeah, look, I, it's not working out for him at Arsenal. It's clear he's not in, uh, in Arteta's plans. I think this is good for all parties for um, Kalasanak to head back to the Bundesliga. Um, it just makes sense. What do you think
0: yeah well he's a hard bastard so i love that um and obviously the highlight of his career is that video where he protects ozil um but i really enjoy him when he's up and going i think when he's up and going for arsenal he's got some really um really like intelligent runs out of the out of the back line like he doesn't go all the time but when he goes he goes hard so i think that's that was um, rather impressive about him. I, I don't mind him, and um, I just can't understand why he doesn't fit with um, Arteta's plans, but he doesn't. So, yeah, I suppose if you're him, why not go and get some game time? But I really enjoyed him, and I don't think this is the best move for Arsenal to move him on. If I was Arsenal, I would be keeping him. So there you go. Really?
1: You think he's better than Tierney?
0: I think so. I I saw Tini's passing um, last week out of the back and every time the ball come out to him from um, Lewis, he just looks so nervous. So, they played a back three. Tini was on the left-hand side. And every time the ball come out to him, that was the the pass. So, so Liverpool let let David Lewis have it. And then, as soon as he passed it, then the press came. And when the press came and got hot, he just looked like an absolute coward on the ball. He'd always pass back or just clip it down the line, like he never punched a pass through a line or anything like that. So, yeah, he just looked a bit jumpy and stuff like that. So, I, I would have um, kept Klasenat in there. But there you go. That's why Ted is there and I'm here, I suppose. Fair yeah, cool. Um, I, know so,
1: Kieran, I know Kieran listens to the show too. So, if you're listening, Kieran, um, I think you're great. So, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'd bash you. Um, Atletico Madrid um, are hoping for uh, to get Lucas Torreira over the line the next couple of days. They're looking for a loan deal, but Arsenal want to sell. What do you think of this one?
0: Well, I think if I'm, uh, I'm I think the reverse of what I just thought with Glassner. Actually, I think if you're Arsenal, you're, you should try and move Torreira on. I think ever since he landed, he just he just wasn't hitting. Um, I think his physicality wasn't. Um, good enough for the premier league i don't think he was as good an athlete as he needs to be to play in the center of the park and i think his size um hurt him as well where he just got over overrun all other times and overpowered in that that midfield so i think it's a good move for arsenal to move him on and if you're arsenal i understand why you want to sell him but at the end of the day for loan gets him out the club with an option take him out the club and give him the option i think what do you think
1: so he was signed in 2018-19 and um ESPN called him the third best signing of the Premier League season, but then last year he just it just didn't seem to work out for him. Um, so yeah, I think if you can get some money for him, cash in. They need money to put back into the squad because even if he's not like horrendously struggling, Arteta's got more of a plan in mind. So I think get him out, um, get the money in. I think they've been linked with Thomas Partey as a replacement. I don't think they'll get him, but if that's no, the player, if that's the top player they're aiming for, absolutely do what you got to do to get him in because he's a star.
0: Yeah, so I think if Torreira goes out, um, that that's a good thing for Arsenal, even if they don't bring anyone in. But speaking of Arsenal and two players who aren't going anywhere, what have you got for us here?
1: So, so two players who I know you're big fans of based on their personalities and how similar it is to you. So Mesut Ozil and Matteo Guendouzi, um, there's been no suitable offers have come in for either player. What's a suitable offer for Mesut Ozil?
0: Um, hmm. anything over three hundred fifty grand a week, um, and a fortnight card pack. I think is that what the I just can't think. I just
1: can't think. I just don't think you're going to get a like. I I imagine it's one of those Sanchez scenarios where you almost got to cut your losses, isn't it?
0: Well, if you're out. Ozil, I think you write your contract out, and you say, "Well, you signed it. Mate. Like this is the money you owe me. This is the money you said you'd pay me. So pay me it." And then, then when your contract runs out, then take the pay cut and go and play um, football. Like he's clearly not interested in football. So, yeah, I think you, you. I think if your motives, if you're Ozil, one thing you do is sit on your contract, collect all that cash which they promised to pay you. They offered it to him. He didn't demand it. And you collect all that money, hoover that up, and then you go and, yeah, I don't know, play in China and, and collect another check um, out there. I think that's the move if you are Ozil. I think if you are Arsenal, obviously you need to move him on. And even if it's a bail situation where you are sort of moving him on and, and just at least not paying half his wages, just get him some wages off your off your book. Because even if you even if someone agrees to pick him up. And pay two hundred grand a week. At least that saves you two hundred grand a week, and you're not fucking out three fifty a week. So, yeah, it's big money if you can move him on. And he's one of those players that, as we as you said with Sanchez, where he's just priced himself out of the game and bail almost as well. Where he's so expensive that he can't therefore can't play for anyone, which is just crazy. But there you go. Um, Gwen Doozy, I think he has some off field issues, which um, as clubs are doing their due diligence over that player. I think if you just watch the games, you might form one opinion of on him. I think if you dive a little bit deeper and look into the character that you are bringing into your club, that is what would scare them off because he's got some off-field problems and is um, not the best character from all reports. But, yeah, what, what, do you, what do you do if you're Ozil and then what do you do if you're Gwendozy? I
1: think, I think I'd love to see Ozil leave, as you said, on one of those loan arrangements where he can get back playing. Um, go to a team that needs him or can sort of fit him in, because it's just so disappointing with a player like that who is obviously mercurially gifted, um, just not playing at all. But, like, you can understand Arsenal don't want him. He's going to, you know, cash a fat check. Why not? I wonder if he wants to come on the pod. He hasn't really got much on. I might ask him. Um, Guendouzi, yeah, apparently he's a bit of a... He's a bit of a knob. Um, <laughs> everything else aside. He is a good footballer, but um, I think Arteta can see through that and he's got like he wants a particular type of character. And you can see Arsenal with like a you know, a more settled and balanced lineup where like they're all pulling in the same direction. If he doesn't want to do that, there's no spot for him. I think you could get a bit of money for him, so you don't want to do anything too public. Um, because I think you get a little bit of cash for Gwenduzi, because he is quite talented. Yeah.
0: And, and his age is obviously pitched a bit um, lower than, than Ozil. So um, another player who's not playing a whole lot at the moment, Dele Alli. Um, What's happening here? Is he, is he staying at Spurs? Um, what do you do if you're Spurs and what do you do if you're Dele?
1: He's left out three games in a row, not even in the squad. A player of Deli Alley's ability, this is just wrong. Um, Jose is now robbing the spectators and you can't even get to the stadium. You have to go on TV. Like he's a good player for TV. Um, yeah, look, if you're Dele, you get out. You have to. It, like it's Mourinho won't change his mind, and if you're Jose, I think he's doing one of these psychological warfare incidents where he's trying to get like the best out of him. Um, I just don't know if that's going to work with the modern player. Um, what do you think?
0: I kind of think if you're Dally, you might you might just want to sit tight because. I think Spurs have some exits coming up in their in their midfield, so I think the squad will get thinned out. Um, Jose's already asked for it to be thinned out, so I think you just probably hold tight and then see if you can break your way in. If you want to play football, like if you want to sort of grit your teeth and work hard, um, I think you can get back in the, in the squad firstly and then secondly in, in, into the team, but... Um. Yeah, it depends what his motives are, really. But I, I'd love to see him stay, and I'd love to see him get his shit together and break into the to the squad, and then on to the first team. So moving on to the transfer that never gets transferred, Sancho. What's the way to see?
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, this is a big one. So Jaden Sancho has actually sat out the last two games from Borussia Dortmund. So apparently, he's got a chest or respiratory problem, but I don't know if that's true. It's COVID. Isn't that just COVID? No, it's not COVID. So he's been tested for COVID. Um, He sat out the game against Bayern this morning and he sat out the game on the weekend. So I don't know if that's him forcing a move, but it certainly looks like it. So could we see Jadon Sancho in a Manchester United shirt within the next week?
0: I think that transfer has been gone and I think – Based on reports that Manchester United have just moved their target now as well, you see them floating around, um some other players. Dembele's been um shouted out as well. So yeah, I think that that that's dead in the water. I think if you're Manchester United you come back um next year and see if you can have a go at it. But there is going to be more suitors if you come back in next year and, and have a go at him. So yeah, I think that's Yeah, so
1: Fulham have picked up um, Adamola Lookman online from RB Live 6. So he left Everton, I think, two years ago um, and hasn't done a great deal since. But he's going back into England. He's kind of come back with Fulham. Um, so he'll slot in there probably, I think, around a right back, right wing sort of role. Um, but the one that I really want to talk about is Manchester United, as you said, have moved the target. Um, apparently they're in for uh, Wisman Dembele. So what do you think about this and is this a bit of a panic buy or loan?
0: Well, the first thing I thought of when I saw this was um, which Dembele because I'm starting to lose track of these Dembele. There's just so many Dembele's getting around in the market at the moment. But I don't think it's a panic buy. I think it's a genuine number two target. And I think after the Sancho deal fell through or is about to fall through, I think the natural thing is to move on to your second choice. So I think if you're Dembele, you need to be fully aware that you are second choice to Sancho. Um, But I think United don't really need to go to their second choice. I think they're just so stacked in that front third. Do you really need to go and get him? Um, I think if you really want Sancho and you've identified him as the number one target, just sit tight and and go and get him next year. So, yeah, what, what do you think? A panic buy or do you think it's just um how it works you know you you fall over on number 1 you, you go for number 2 target
1: yeah i think i think there needs to be sort of more um rigidity in that like like when liverpool wanted van dijk they were like it's van dijk or nothing so they yeah. they pulled out all the stops and went for van dijk like i think if manchester united want jaden sancho they know the price like everyone knows the price i can walk outside right now and i guarantee i'll talk to 5 people and one of them will be able to tell me the brescia dortmund 120 million for jadon sancho like everyone knows the price but they just won't match it i don't understand why they just won't match the price um dembele i think is a little bit of a panic buy and he's a little bit of a luxury player the most games he's played in the last couple of years about 30 um and i don't know how well his body will be able to stand up to the the um the physical requirements of the premier league um so i don't know if it's a real i think it's a like it's a luxury type signing, but based on Dan James's performance the last couple of weeks and probably later last year, like he's not a suitable backup. And as you said earlier in the pod, you need to have a bit of competition. Um and Carlo's good as a bit of a backup, but outside of that front three, there's not really anyone behind them that's like giving them competition and they can sort of get through a couple of rough weeks and not have to worry about their spot. And you sort of need that competition at those bigger clubs. Um so look, I think I think it's it's possible. I don't. I think it is a little bit of a panic, and you know we have to bring someone in now because we've made a play Sancho. But I just don't think it's the right option. Um, but I suppose you have got to take it at this point.
0: All right, there we go. So transfer chat covered. We are on to. You've got mail. You've got mail. Let's do it. What's in there today, mate? So,
1: we just got we got um, one email this week. So, um, based on our conversation last week around um, which two managers would you want to see in a fight and who would win? So, <laughs> good evening, F-Poppers. Was it F-P-O-P-ers? Um, Roy looks Poppers, like yeah. he should wear a helmet and mouth guard brushing his teeth. I imagine he would get <laughs> blood was hearing a rumor he was fighting Daesh. Keep him coming, Salmon. So not really not really any requirement for um, feedback there but he's tipping dice to, uh to do a job on Roy based on R- R- Roy a pussy. Roy if yeah. you
0: Yeah, well, you mentioned that Roy might get it just based on experience but I think uh, Roy might get it in a bad way based on old age so so there you uh, go. all right. So what about um, Colo's multi should we um, move on to Colo's multi?
1: I think I think we should
0: All right, here we go. So, uh, as I said before, I put him on warning. I was like, mate, you need to deliver here because this is your last chance. Either show us something or get it done. So, get your apps out or get your pens and papers out. Newcastle to beat Burnley. is the first
1: thing. Leicester
0: to beat West Ham, leg two. Everton to beat Brighton, leg three. Then he has gone for, get ready for this, the Green Bay Packers (laughs) by plus 14 at a juicy $2. To beat the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. He's he's
1: gone cross-code. you have scared him so much he's left the sport.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, um, for, full disclosure, when I said, hey, send me a multi, the first one he sent me was like, oh, Rose Hill, race seven, or Four, or something like that. So I was like, oh, actually, we need to keep it football-based. Um, so, yeah, anyway, he's gone with um, – recap on that. Newcastle to beat Burnley, Leicester to beat West Ham, Everton to beat Brighton, and the Green Bay Packers by plus 14.
1: All right, so if uh, so, that's callers multi for the week. So we are um, – Thus far, I think we're down about $35, but I think we're going to recover based on this. I do like that little Packers sweetener at the end. Um, so if you want to get in touch with the show, email us at footballplaydonpaper at gmail.com. Um, if you think you can better, Collo's Multi, email us at footballplaydonpaper at gmail.com. Um, Facebook is football played on paper. Insta is at football played on paper, and Twitter is at footballonpods. And uh, if you go on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, please. I have a family to
0: feed five stars only see you guys bye bye